right, hello, good afternoon, good evening, and good day, everyone. Let's uh, push away the haters and welcome back to the 21st episode of Magic the Final Frontier. As always on this podcast, we're going to be discussing the Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Frontier. Hey guys, I'm Kevin Handlin, I host the Untap Open League, and I grind quite a bit of Frontier. Uh, and I'm Matt Murday, Spike, and Frontier lover out of Tr- Toronto, Ontario. Ooh, that was a tough one, Toronto. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you tonight, Kevin? You know, like, this is the first time in months and months and months that I actually get to enjoy recording our podcast with some Ooh. sunlight still left. So, yeah, like, I am stoked on that. Nice to be getting a little lighter out, and I guess that uh, you got hit with that time change. Yeah, for sure. Daylight savings time is nice. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Not a lot's new in my life. Uh, job hunting, Ooh. so that, that's fun. Hey, good luck. Nice. Let us know how that goes. Will do. Did you get your degree yet? Uh, I did, yeah. So I'm, I've been at the search for a month or two now and finally have some uh, interviews rolling in. So Nice. Dude, you're going to kill him. I hope so. You're, you're very interviewable, <laughs> so... I am, that's true. Hopefully your time podcasting has taught you to remove unnecessary words from your vocabulary. They'll be so impressed with all of your like ums. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Usually my dashing good looks are enough, so. Uh, see, we, we miss that. We miss that from uh, podcasting with you. Yeah, I don't actually have to talk a lot. I just wink and, you know, give them the smile and that's it. Job's mine. All right, but anyways, we've been saying for a while that we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> bands in Frontier because it's something that people have asked about. People have said, hey, all the time I hear, are there any band lists in Frontier? We also just want to touch real quick on, hey, did you guys see that a big leak happened with Dominaria cards? Yeah, I definitely took a look at that. Um, wow, I just... Um, <laughs> no, that's all right. I definitely took a look at that. There are a lot of very strong mechanical themes. And when I say strong, I mean well-represented mechanical themes in the set mm-hmm. so far. So I'm really excited to see how that actually pans out, whether they're actually powerful, and, you know, like, what formats it actually impacts. I think I'm really excited that we got our expectations episode out. We recorded that prior to this leak happening, because otherwise we would have been uh, out of luck. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, So far, I'm kind of a little disappointed with the the spoiler, I gotta say. I don't think there's a ton for Frontier. Um... But kind of the interesting thing is looking back at like previous, uh, not set releases, uh, like the document, the release document, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them in the past have just missed like crazy things. Um, so if you look at cons, like Siege Rhino wasn't in it, Mantis Rider, uh, Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise, and even like on a complexity scale, like Just Guy Ascendancy wasn't in it. Just Guy Ascendancy. So like there's oh we're going to be talking about that this episode for sure <laughs> all right so I <laughs> so I just mean like it doesn't tell us a lot right there's still like a hundred hundred and seven cards left in the set to be spoiled yeah so there's a lot left in the set so what what happened was that the the Chinese site instead of posting the A twenty five Masters twenty five set release notes they posted the Dominaria release notes and a couple of people grabbed it before they could change it so kind of that big leak got out and then. Wizards responded, they released And then Blake Rasmussen, yeah. 
So we are going to cover a Dominaria spoiler episode, but we would like to wait till more of the set is out. We can really say what's going to hit in Frontier, what's not. You know, we'll do our usual episode. Those always end up being a lot of fun, over an hour long, because we really get into the sets. And uh, that'll be fun, oh, but yeah. a little bit later. Two-parters, so if, if we just possible. Wanted to, you know, it's a big piece of magic news right now. Bring up that that happened, and uh, we'll move forward from that. Yeah, warnings to everyone who's looking at the notes as well for the, um, the the release notes for the set is that, you know, you're not seeing the whole set yet. We don't have anything in context so far, and hype goggles are real. <laughs> All right, so what we do want to talk about tonight is bands. So let's start with a little bit of background. For everyone who's ever asked, are there any bands in Frontier right now? Big No. No. Uh, and have there ever been? That's also a no. So since the format started, it really started, you know, with the, the Haruya in Japan starting up the format, grew in here, uh, online, in Toronto, there haven't been any bands in the format. So I think the reason why this is a relevant topic mm-hmm. at all is because um, for the first time in a long time, Kaladesh introduced the standard ban, right? Yeah, and, and quite a few of them. So... A lot of people who are coming to Frontier from Standard are used to a an atmosphere where they can play, and if something's really overpowerful, overpowered, and dominating the entire metagame, they can reliably say that it'll probably get banned. Yeah, because there's no real other way for Standard to answer that. You can't. The card pool is just small enough. You can't really build around answering one dominant strategy or dominant card. And I think a big part of a lot of the standard bans has been the anti-fun ban, you know? It's not necessarily that the card is just too powerful, but it's just miserable to play against. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what you're, what Wizards was looking for out of the format, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Something we should talk about, Matt, is that there's different reasons why Wizards decides to ban things. It's not always just that a single card is too powerful. Sometimes it's that it's just not very much fun. I, like they were saying, when, when they released the the data on Marvel, it sounds like Marvel still wasn't that dominant of a deck. It wasn't getting above 50% win rates against a lot of the format, but the games it won, there was so little control of the opponent on whether or not they're going to win or not, it's just completely out of your hands on what it spins and wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and to me, I think that's the most important reason I'd want to ban things in Frontier as well. Interesting, okay. So we'll get to that when we discuss some cards that possibly would. So the other thing I want to talk about in background is there's always a discussion of what would there be bans? Who would control if there's a ban list? And right. I think it's been discussed a little bit. I think I think right now the real answer is Haruya. If they were to present a ban, we would all follow suit, I would assume. But it is kind of an open format. There's no, you know, there's no Wizards of the, Con- of the Coast controlling it right now. Right, and there's also no, um, I mean... No offense to you, Matt. There's not a strong contingency in Toronto right now that would challenge a ban if Haruruya mandated one. So uh, because there's that lack of voice, uh, I think that Haruruya's pretty much got the... They've got the scepter on it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... I know at one point um, the guys in Toronto actually had received a message from someone at Haruruya. I don't know the exact details. Um but I know there was discussion that if Face had decided to make a ban, mm-hmm. um, Hiraruya would have followed their lead. As at that time, at least, Face had kind of become the leader in the format. 
And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not the case now. Um, so it is kind of back in Hararuya's hands, but the okay, more you so, know. Yeah, that's great. So let me, let me throw this out to you guys in this way, is right now there are no bans. I've heard a lot of people who don't really know the format say, oh, yeah, if Wizards of the Coast got it, they would probably introduce it, but with these bans, of course, from the start. Yes or no, do you think that right now there are any cards deserving of a ban in Frontier? Okay, so personally, I don't think there are. Interesting. I definitely think there are. Oh, wow. Okay. I so think I'm glad we have that opinion. I'm also strongly on the no side. I don't think that right now any cards are deserving of a ban. I think cool. if we saw a wider metagame, so if we saw more people playing, mm-hmm. um, especially with money prizes, the needs for a ban would very quickly make themselves apparent. Um, but I think so. You're going to lean on the argument that having pros dedicating hours to the metagame would break it. It's not that pros dedicating hours to the metagame would break it so much as um, I think we see a lot of people playing decks for fun. We don't see people playing mm-hmm. what is necessarily the best, the most difficult to answer. Um, yeah, and I think we know kind of what those decks are already. But if you even look at the Untap Open League. Um, there's, there's there's a reason we're not seeing a ton of people on a target red every season, even though, you know, season after season, uh, you know, the people who are testing NASCAR, they're all saying a target red is clearly the best. Right. Um, but we don't see that people play, like going in to play a target red every season. Cause it's just, it's not as much fun. Hmm. So no. I think for a lot of those reasons, um, we're not seeing a, a more fully fleshed out metagame. Okay, it's definitely hard to argue about that with any, without any evidence. I think the biggest argument to that point would be the Japan metagame, where there have been some larger tournaments or have been real prizes there, and there's quite a few well-known pros that have been playing in, that, in those tournaments, but we're still seeing a big variety of decks. We're not seeing one dominant strategy in any of those specific tournaments. My personal argument to that would be that I tend to think the quality of the decks we get on the Untap Open League are a lot higher. Um, I think they're tested a lot more thoroughly. Um, so I think that that's just an issue with Japan in particular. I think the deck quality has always been not bad, but but maybe not as high as it could be as a whole, which kind of shapes the competition uh, to kind of a lower tier. And especially to leverage uh, the information we've gotten from our guests and from uh, particularly Ryan Schwenk, mm-hmm. uh, who has talked to us quite a bit about Uh, It sounds like it's just a cool place to hang out. And I'm under the impression that a lot of people show up with their standard decks, get talked into playing the Frontier event because they're all the rage at Hyrulea, and do a little bit of tuning, do a little bit of suiting up, you know, like uh, add some fetch lands, add a few things that aren't standard legal, add some, you know, like... um, What's the three-drop goblin whose uh, name escapes me right now? Yeah, goblin rebel masters, and you know, like soup up your Ramiop red deck so that it's a little bit more competitive for Frontier, and then give it a shot. You know, and to me, that's the wonderful part about Paper Frontier because um, it is a more casual format, right? Um, so it's kind of like, do we need bands in this kind of more casual sense? Probably not. But if the format Definitely were to, not right to now. take that step upwards uh, where we were seeing more competition, I do think bans would very quickly be necessitated. Hmm. Do you think that 
there would be flash bans. So, like, Wizards picks up the format, immediately things get banned. Absolutely. 100%, no doubt in my mind. Oh, if wow. Wizards picked up the format, there would be uh, at least a handful of bans. And I'm sure I'll get to tell you what they are. I think they are uh, later in the episode. All right, well, we're going to go through some cards here. Let, let's move into the specific cards. So the first category I want to talk about are cards that we have in Frontier, which are currently banned in older formats. So we have Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise both of which are legal in Frontier. You can play four of them. It's right now pretty much the only place you can play four of them. Do you guys think that these cards are too powerful in Frontier or ban-worthy in Frontier? All right, so I think everybody already knows I'm going to say yes. I think these, oh, wow. are, these are too powerful. Uh, do you think both um, of these are too powerful? I think both of these, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, and even though even knowing that Treasure Cruise hasn't found a home yet in, in kind of the competition where we see it, um, but again, I think... I think in a wider metagame, we'd see it find a home a lot quicker. So yeah, I think that's an important context, is that Treasure Cruise is seeing almost no play right now. Um, that said, right. it is a one-mana three-for-one, right? Um, there's a reason it's banned in virtually all Eternal formats. Um, you know, at first, people were saying, okay, you know, we don't have the tools to turn this on. We don't have cantrips. You know, we don't have uh, engines like Search for Ascanta, you know, but we, we have... Uh, opt now we have search for Ascanta. we have collective brutality um you know we have a lot of ways to fill the graveyard um and i think i think our player base hasn't quite caught up to just how much how many ways we have to fill the graveyard yet to turn these on okay so matt what was the deck that got treasure cruise banned in modern it was delver no, it wasn't. Was it? I, thought it was Delver. Uh, I would say it's probably Delver. It was Jeskai Ascendancy. Mm. The the things that Jeskai Ascendancy could do with Treasure Cruise were absolutely backbreaking. Ah. Because you could play a million cantrips and you had all of these creatures that could untap your lands. I might be willing to concede that Jeskai Ascendancy played a role, but I, I I'd be really hard, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that Delver didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I would think okay. Delver probably had more total people playing the Dig Through Times than Trekker Cruises. Okay. So even even so, considering the average like the, the average converted mana cost of a deck like Delver or yes. Jeskai Ascendancy. That's exactly where I was gonna go too. So Okay, cool. Um it it's just it's hard to see that happening in Frontier, especially with our removal the way it is and our threats the way they are. It's really hard to close out a game when, with, with an average converted mana cost of two or less. So. I agree with that, but I also think partially as a result of that, our, di- our games are going to go longer, right? Uh, so we're a more mid-rangey format by nature which means that we're going to have more time to actually execute these treasure cruises and dig through times. Okay. I will follow up with that statement by saying that shouldn't blue win the long game anyway. <laughs> like if you're getting into the long game against a blue deck, that's classically you're, you're in a bad position. So, and I'm actually fine with that, but I do think, you know, there's again, there's a reason these cards have been banned in all the older formats and it's not just about, like, Blue has lots of tools to win the long game already, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, search for Ascanta. Gearhulk is one of the fattest bodies in the format. I, I personally find it absurd that, like, Green has a really hard time attacking into a Gearhulk. Um, yeah, we've, we talked about this on the last episode as well. Yeah, so, I mean, 
to for for you to turn around and tell me shouldn't blue win the long game? Yeah, the I, I'm fine with blue having a great late game. I do think um, kind of in the top most competitive version of Frontier, blue probably wins it a bit too hard uh, with dig through time and treasure cruise. So I'm on Kevin's side here a little bit. I mean, you guys are kind of the experts, but where I see it is that the decks that got treasure cruise dig band they weren't the control decks that were using this as a top end to refill their hand they were the cards they were the decks they were playing a dozen one drops filling their graveyard drawing a whole bunch more one drops that's really where the raw card draw the raw card selection is so much more powerful is when you can quickly recycle your hand like that and that's just not possible in frontier we have slower creatures we have slower removal and i think that kevin was exactly on the was he, I completely agreed with his point, I think. Now, the other cool. question I wanted to ask here is, if we were to try and nerf, if we thought that blue-black control, for example, was too powerful of a deck, if it got some new tools that put it over the edge of being tier zero, do you think that banning Dig Through Time is the right card from that deck to ban? Okay, I think that if we're to pick one of the Delve cards to ban, I think Dig's a fairly easy target. Because the the card selection is just unmatchable, and we have so many powerful two card combos in Frontier. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, the so, reason why for for context for anyone who doesn't really play Frontier, the reason why Dig is probably played more than Treasure Cruise beyond anything else is the fact that Gearhole can flash it back. So, my take on that is, yeah, uh, Dig Through Time would be the clear ban if you wanted to take uh, Blue Black Control down a peg, and I honestly don't think it would matter much. I think they just shift to new draw spells. Hmm. Um, right. Would, they go to Glimmer of Genius and they go to uh, Hieroglyphic Illumination. And, it, w- it would yeah. certainly hurt them, but I don't think it would It would meaningfully uh, take the deck down. Like The deck wouldn't lose a tier off that. Okay, but I don't think that it is a tier zero deck. I don't think that it's a deck that needs a ban right now. I think it's tier one. I think it's probably high tier one. Mm-hmm. I don't know about tier zero. Um but I do think it's warping the format, and I think part of that is dig. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a big combination of things, but yeah, dig through time is probably the clincher because another another thing that makes dig so busted in this format is that you can activate your Azcanta, the Sunken Ruin, and then get a dig, and then dig. All, all on your opponent's end mm-hmm. step, and then set up a win on the next turn. Or just be set with four or five cards and uh, pass the pass the right pack with all those counters. Right, yeah, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like do it again with a gear. Oh, so those are the only right. cards we have right now in Frontier that are banned in older formats, as far as I know. Unless you guys can uh, think of any that I'm missing somehow. Um, I'll I'll take a look while we <laughs> move on to the next subject. I, I'm wondering if there's some like uh, commander ban that I don't know about. But other than that, there's quite a few cards that have been banned in standard lately, and. Matt was kind of touching on this earlier that they kind of fell into different categories. Some of them, they were just too prevalent, too powerful. The decks that were running them were the best deck in the format, and there was really no way to fight it. There were also some that were banned. Maybe they weren't the most powerful, but they were not very much fun to play against, and they kind of fell into that category. And then I think the the third category we kind of want to look at are ones that they were banned because they were just balancing the colors. So when Copter got banned, that was taken out of Mardu, they also banned Reflector Mage at the same time, and they also banned Emrakul at the same time, kind of 
let's hit all the top decks at once, otherwise one's going to be too strong. So there's a few cards that are banned in Standard that I don't think that we would look at and say, oh yeah, that should be banned in Frontier as well. So the one that stands out for me would be like the Rampaging Ferocidon is one of the most recent ones that was banned. And that was kind of just banned because it was part of one of these strong decks that was needing to get hit. Yeah, it was a diversity ban for sure. And I I can't imagine Ferocidon would would see a Frontier ban. Definitely not. I mean... So one of the more popular decks, like the most popular, um, w- one of the more popular decks that could wipe the board, like the most popular Fumigate deck was Abzan Tokens at the mm-hmm. time, and it couldn't compete with Ferocidon because it couldn't stabilize through that card. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, okay, I, I'll play my three drop and then all of your tokens hurt you. And if you wipe the board and destroy all my creatures, then you don't gain the life off of that fumigate. So it, it was just. Oh, we have talked about this, Kevin. You do actually gain life on fumigate if you remove Ferocidon with it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I would I would go as far as to say like none of the most recent standard bands uh, would. Eat a ban in Frontier at all. You know, Attune, Rogue Refiner, uh, Ramen Up Ruins, Ferocidon, they're all pretty low impact in Frontier. Mm-hmm. And, and for our newer players, our old Right, DC, like Ramen Up Ruins hardly sees play and yeah. I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, first. that's exactly what I was touching on, is that they all see a little bit of play, if you guys can touch on that. Yeah, so Ramen Up Ruins hardly sees play in a Tarka Red. It's a nice way to give a deck that already has tons of reach a little bit more reach. But like, it's it's not like you're playing a full play set and you're not going on the the full desert red. You're not you know boosting the power of running up ruins by running the desert that deals the damage on enter, enters the, the battlefield desert, so yeah. that you can yeah sun scorched desert like that's that's not something that our mana bases support in frontier. So generally, we just we just have better things to be doing with our mana bases in frontier, given that we have fetches and fetches synergize with so many other things mm-hmm. right revolt is just mm, cream of the crop and a tune rogue refiner they both see some play uh, there's a little bit of energy decks there's a little bit of marvel decks and they're not really tier one they're not the core of those decks anyways if we were to try and ban something out of them yeah they're a means to an end to mm-hmm. me um and they're cool I, I like having them in the format i i've never ever seen one and been like oh no so <laughs> yeah and they're not they're not stifling diversity so right and also energy decks that are marvelous if you will uh they're they're not really they're not a dominant force in our mm-hmm. format like they can be in standard because there are mid-range decks that will just outvalue them namely abzan and junt delirium yes, absolutely there's combo decks that go over the top there's decks that are fast enough to beat them all right so we've talked about kind of the easy ones let's go on to something a little harder do you guys want to talk about smuggler's copter now this was the first of those big standard bands it took some people really by surprise but in retrospect made a lot of sense i think that the card was very much at its time not answerable in standard definitely not so beyond being not answerable i think this is another kind of diversity card right where Mm -hmm. If you're an aggro deck or even a mid-range deck in a lot of cases in Frontier, you're running Smuggler's Copter. Like, it's just, it's a rule. Oh, for right? sure. Exactly. It's um, colorless. It fits yeah. in any deck. Yeah, two man. It's just really good value. Um, 
So, I mean, there, there's, there's that angle to it, too. And I want to hear what you guys think about that. No, I think Smuggler's Copter is absolutely bannable. Like, when we talked about Merfolk, for example, like, it kind of turned my stomach how, like, all of us agreed that it's either a Copter deck or it's a Collected Company deck, and that's the ultimatum, you know, that's that's what you get. See, for me, that's right? that's diversity. That's We have options besides just running Copter. I see the fact that Collected Company, Copter, and I might even put, like... Um, shoot, what is the card? Driven to Despair. Maybe into those same categories where it's you, you kind of get one of them. You can't really play more than one of them because they don't want to see the other ones. Did Darkatarka not play? Yeah, uh, I guess it did. I guess it did play Copter along with, alongside the... Uh, and I guess Elves probably does too, plays it with one of the two of them. So I guess more it's just the Copter and the yeah. Collect Company, both of which are very strong cards. It, th- mean, that's the... Yeah. So my opinion on this is actually that I don't think it's bannable in Frontier, despite the fact that it is um, a little bit. It's not, but it is. It, it is a little <laughs> bit of a diversity issue in Frontier. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I do kind of like the uh, the choice, right, between Smuggler's Copter and Coco. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of a fair choice to have to make. I, I do think... I can see how from Wizards' perspective they'd probably have an issue with Copter being as as uh, ubiquitous as it is. But the one thing that really kind of keeps it in check to me, uh, more than anything else, is the presence of Colligon's Command, right? So mm-hmm. you can really mm-hmm. be punished for running a Smuggler's Copter uh, when Colligon's Command is running around, right? So a, a really common play um, you'll see out of, like, Abzan, right, is they go uh, turn two Copter, turn three Thalia. Mm-hmm. And when your black-red opponent just untaps and Colligon commands them both off the board, right? That's that's savage. Or I think the worst one is Rebel Master. They play the Rebel Master, and you kill the Rebel Master and the Copter before they can do anything with them. And they're left with a Goblin token. Or you can even do it <clears throat> before combat, and get they won't even get the Goblin token for the maximum pain. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the presence of Colligon's command uh, makes Copter a lot more punishable. So even though it is so strong and it is kind of ubiquitous in all these mid-range and aggro decks i think the punishability is really what makes it a more fair card and i think that the answers are a lot better than when they were banned in standard so for those who didn't realize fatal push was not around when copter came out neither was lightning strike neither was a braid neither was a braid and those are all i mean in standard those are the most played removal spells in frontier really those are the most played removal spells and all of those hit copter at parity I'd be a lot less satisfied dealing with Copter at parity if I had to do it, like, every game, you know? <laughs> okay. That, I, guess, I guess that's my issue with it. So, like, Colligon's command at least means that sometimes you just get shit on for playing Smuggler's Copter. <laughs> <laughs> I do think in the future yeah. it's possible that we'll find other reasons that we'll see less of Copter. So if we were to get more strong flyers, I think that that would be a reason why Copter might get a little worse because there would actually be things to block it. There would be other methods to go over the top of things like Abzan, which can't deal with flyers well. I also think that if we get more things like, if we got an Aether Vial, that wouldn't go in the same deck as a Copter. I suspect you're right, yeah. if we, So I think there will likely in the future be more kind of either-ors, and, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, the place of Smuggler's Copter in general. Okay, so along with Copter, the other two cards that were banned, let's talk about Reflector Mage. I definitely don't think that 
Reflector Mage would hold up to a ban. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that a lot of people were surprised by this. It did seem like a, oh, well, we're banning out something from these two decks. Let's get something from Blue-White as well. Right. So at the time, the the deck that was scariest with Reflector Mage also had Copter. Yes, so, yeah, like the Blue-White Flash deck with Copter was evidently like an absolute nightmare in testing. <laughs> so, like... I I get why they did both because at the time Reflector Mage was like real real good and yeah I I don't I don't think it's as oppressive there is there are one or two decks that play it in Frontier mm-hmm. and they're both aggro decks yeah they get so value it's, out it's of it not, they don't uh, they don't completely control a game with it and even the Collective yeah. Company decks don't feel overpowered with it. Yeah, definitely. From what I'll, I'll say basically is that any standard band which was supposed to just knock a certain deck down a peg, probably doesn't stand up in Frontier. Definitely not, because our, our metagame goes back a little farther. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, Reflector Mage, its worst enemy in our in our format, is Siege Rhino. <laughs> and like, yep. the, that was not something that it ever had to deal with in the year that it got banned in Standard. You know, like, they, they overlapped each other a little bit during... Um, battle for Zendikar standard, but uh, it, I mean, the that wasn't when Reflector Mage got banned. So, and I'd say that combo decks also are a nice thing to have against Reflector Mage. The fact that you can have something like well, blue black and combo decks. There's there's decks where it doesn't really have any hits. That's a nice um, it's kind of a safety valve on it. Right, and also against, for example, Sahili mm-hmm. combo. It's your insurance against Sahili because you're collected companying for your answer to the combo. So, all right. So why don't we go on? It sounds like there's one we're going to come back to that was banned with those two. But can we talk about Marvel and Fellow Dark Guardian? As long as we're you know we're talking about combo right now, both of these are combo decks that really got banned. What we consider Marvel more combo than anything. So I think the reason that Wizards banned these cards. Uh, is basically it was a fun factor more than it was anything else. It was just that they they really do warp the format when they're strong. Hmm. Um, in, in a way that is they're not necessarily the most fun to play against, and and they kind of do uh, encourage very very specific kinds of decks to be played. Yes, that, that that's a great point. Um, and I think those reasons actually would hold up in a wider frontier uh, format. Uh, in particular, as even if they're not necessarily meta at any given moment, any time they become meta, uh, it, it would be a problem for the gameplay health. Hmm. And I, and I actually... Yeah, like, I look at the Sahili Summer as, like, a huge kind of uh, black hole in the format where it was just the best thing you could be playing was four-color Sahili combo. And it did everything better than every other deck, you know, except maybe a Tarka Red. So, so yeah, and I, I think that's yeah. very true. It shaped it a lot way it shaped standard that in standard we had Sahili combo and we had Mardu was the deck that could answer it. Whereas for that little bit of a summer where Sahili did seem too strong, we had Sahili and we had a Tarka red and not much else. And, and for what it's worth, I think um, part of the reason Sahili doesn't seem as strong right now is because we're just not seeing um, the, those four color green lists show up. I think if they were showing up, they'd be putting up results. I mean, I've done quite a bit of testing. For sure. Still. I, I think that it has weakened quite a bit. I think that 
the aggro decks are in a pretty good place right now to be an answer to them. I think that the control decks have a good matchup against them traditionally. Yeah, I think I think Sahili is in a tough spot in the metagame right now, specifically because control's gotten uh, a few additional answers that help. So um, it's it's not a matter of nailing the sequencing against control anymore mm-hmm. because even if a threat has resolved um control still has answers to onboard specifically threats. even if gideon resolves they can still exile it absolutely yeah. absolutely um, my main concern is that their fair backup plan is really strong right if you're looking at renegade rallier um jace friends prodigy they have so many planeswalkers all of which kind of need to die right now um I think if we were seeing uh, kind of more well-tuned lists coming into the Untap Open League, we'd see uh, we, we'd basically be seeing lists tuned to take down control. And, and I think Sahili is more than capable of doing that as, as soon as people are looking at playing a Sahili list that beats control. It's kind of like Abzan in that regard. Like, you can tune it to beat aggro, or you can tune it to beat control, and there's kind of, like, a healthy balance in between mm-hmm. the two. So yeah. you can weight it for the metagame you expect. Yeah. My, my, my personal feeling is that Sahili is probably in the Tier 1 right now, and we're just we're not seeing as much of it as, as we ought to be, and that's just a feature of kind of having a small metagame, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's fair. Now, now, what about Marvel? Now, Marvel is seeing a little bit more play in Japan, I'd say specifically. There's been quite a bit of it played there it may be some of the top players that are on that deck. And I think personally, kind of our opinion has been that it's always been a little bit weaker than the Sahili combo, but maybe has less holes to the specific decks they're seeing. I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think in a power level sense, it's it's not as worrying. Uh, I, I do think it's just as, if not more, worrying in a gameplay health sense, though. And I think, hmm. again, in a wider metagame where you're starting to see it come up more... I think just its presence would oppress certain decks right out of the meta, even if it wasn't necessarily uh, tier one. Because like, there's certain decks that just, they won't be able to beat it. Now, right? that I think I disagree with. Now, Sahili, it does take some specific answers. It takes some specific decks. Like, you really need to have a clock against Sahili, or you're not doing anything. With Marvel, I don't think you need to shape your deck to answer it. I think that it's a deck answerable by sideboard cards. I think that Sorcerer Spyglass does a very good job against it and that some of the artifact removals really do have an impact. So I think with that deck in particular, I think that it already has the right funnels, it has the right faucets that we can turn them on and answer that deck if it were to ever become Tier 1, Tier 0. So then follow-up question in that case, Finkel, is if it's answerable, I mean, all the things that you named just now exist in Standard. Why haven't we seen a Marvel unban in Standard? I mean... I think... Standard unbans are just a thing that doesn't happen. Yeah, right? we've there's never no, seen... There's no reason to. We've never seen a standard unban before. I think for the same reason, Copter might be unbannable. I think I would see Copter before I would see Marvel with all of the things that answer it, but... There, I, there's just no reason for Wizards to take that risk, right? Because if they're wrong, mm-hmm. they're really wrong. Sure. I totally get that. And I mean, again, here's here's again the problem, right? Because I'm not talking from a power level perspective, right? I'm talking from a fun and gameplay health perspective, which is where I think it kind of Marvel is on my radar. Um, from a power level perspective, I tend to agree. It's never going to be like, I wouldn't even say it's tier one, um, but I would say like if, if day one you're looking at Wizards, um, Wizards is banning Marvel, I would say, with like 100% certainty. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably fair. Marvel is a deck that's very breakable. It's very metagame shaping. When it's the popular deck, it's 50% of the field. And, you know, like, it, it, man, I I remember some of the conversations that were going on in competitive magic when Marvel was the deck to beat. And it was just like, yeah, I, I can't, like, I can't make a good case about magic not being a game of gambling right now because (laughs) there are so many coin flips going on every time someone spins a marble, you know, Hmm. like it was rough. It was, it was really dark time. Yeah. And again, it's not, I have no problem with the power level. I don't think it's, you know, exceptionally above curve. Uh, I mostly just think that it's not a lot of fun to play as or against for most people. And, and I just, I don't think it's the best for metagame health. Hmm. Okay. Um, Let's go back to the one that we kind of jumped over there, which was Emrakul, which almost even fits in another combo deck the way that it's seen right now. And, you know, it's also seen in Marvel quite a bit, but it's kind of been in and out of the metagame we've seen. It hasn't been seen in Japan very much. Um, What what do you guys think about the Emrakul as a card, Emrakul in the format? Do you think it's anti-fun because, you know, oh, my opponent's controlling my turn. That's not fun. Do you think it's too powerful, too prevalent? What, what do you guys think about Emrakul? I think that Emrakul's in a pretty happy spot right now. I agree conditionally. Um, okay. So I do think it, it is on my radar for um, kind of being anti-fun, where kind of nothing that happened before your opponent cast Emrakul matters. Uh, so it, it kind of... You kind of want to have this progress through the game where... You know, you're building towards a win somehow, but it's kind of like no matter how badly you were losing the rest of the game, you cast Emrakul, all of a sudden you're winning. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it can be have elements of, of being anti-fun. I don't think it's as bad as either Marvel or Felidar Guardian. Um, and to me, I would actually say, yes, I would ban this card, but that's only because I would also ban Marvel and Felidar Guardian. Um, so I consider Emrakul to be something that got banned preemptively to see if it would knock Marvel down a peg enough to be fair. And when that didn't work, they banned Aetherworks Marvel. It could be, but I think Emrakul on her own has gameplay health issues. Um, I think it's kinda... standard. It definitely would have. There was very little. There wasn't a Tormod script in standard, and there wasn't some of the new answers that we have in Frontier. So mainly kind of what I'm saying is like if I personally were in charge of banning, right? Uh, obviously, we've covered that I would take Marvel out of the running and I would take Felidar out of the running. Um, Sounds like you I also might if, take Dig. I would take Dig too, yeah. But that's that's a different All a right. different discussion. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, so I would take Marvel and I would take Felidar Guardian. Um, and the important part about this is that I live through a world at face where Marvel and Felidar Guardian weren't around. And Emrakul was the deck to beat. And it was unstoppable. Like, it was it was ridiculous how strong this deck was. All right, so that was my um, question. That, that was going to be my next question, is do you think that the the tools are there right now? If Emrakul is tier 0, tier 1, are there good ways for any strategy to combat it? So not just specific strategies to combat it, but... If I'm pl- if I like to play green, if I like maybe I like to play elves, do I have a way to beat it? Do I if I like to play control, do I have a way to beat it? Uh, I think that it just shuts the door on certain decks. Within within reason, there are ways to fight it. 
You know, it's not a completely unbeatable card. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is mainly that when it is as omnipresent as I feel it would be in a world without Felidar and Marvel to keep it in check, um, or people kind of just leaning away from it because, you know, it's not their favorite deck, um, I think it would be like a tier one, tier zero deck. And at the end of the day, when you're losing to a resolved Emrakul in 30% of your games, and there's kind of, there's just not enough counterplay because like she's she's always going to take your turn and just mess you right up. And unless you have a counter spell for the ability and a counter spell, and then it's still a two for one, which is the reason you were casting. Or maybe we'll see some more so. hexproof abilities. Something like a ley line would be cool. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I can see where it's tough right now. I've also been hit there where you know I've I've already removed one of the emeralds in my opponent's deck. He's on six lands and has nothing in his hand and he top decks the one Emrakul left in his deck and just wins from that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Um, and, and as much as there are answers, you know, Crackling Doom, mm-hmm. um, any sorcery kind of removal. Plummet, Stasis all- Snare. Fumigate. Yeah, a lot of them are... Man, like when you play Emrakul and you reveal your opponent's Fumigate, you're just like, well, <laughs> uh, that... That's going to happen. All right, cool. Well, they're all kind of conditional, right? Because, like, being immune to instance is an insane ability. I don't know why Wizards thought that was okay. Um, like, outside of being immune to instance, this card would be 100% fine. If you could totally. if you could answer it a little bit easier, um, I think it would feel a lot better not to have your opponent just take your turn, right? But if I'm sitting on, like, I don't know, some sorcery speed removal or, like, a cast out, uh, or something, sorry, no, sorcery speed, because cast out's not sorcery speed. Um, if I'm sitting on, like, a declaration in stone mm-hmm. and, like, a, a walk in the, pl- or a walk the plank or something, right? My opponent takes my turn, and then they just use that removal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm saying Fumigate does it to everything. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Fumigate's also a specific, a specific deck has to be running Fumigate, yeah. right? Yeah. I think another problem with it is that a lot of the cards that could answer Emrakul itself aren't very good against the rest of the deck. Like something like a Plummet would answer Emrakul, but it feels really good, bad against Ishkana and Liliana and the other things that that deck really wants to play. And just the rest of the format in general, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it it kind of sucks having to run Crackling Doom just for Emrakul. It really does. Crackling Doom doesn't feel like that strong of a card. It's the three mana is a big ask for something like that. Yeah. And I mean, again, like Emrakul to me is by far the the least of three evils. Hmm. But I, but I think without the other two great evils, uh, Emrakul would would be the new king of the, king of the hell, you know. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with bans is once you ban one thing, it you might need to ban something else and something else and maybe you're healthier that's with everything open. Slope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I think yeah. I think fundamentally though I'm mostly looking at gameplay health bands and like things that are going to be what's going to be fun for the format overall. So there's there's always going to be a best deck, right? Uh, and I'm fine with there being a best deck. I, I'd prefer it not to be one of the kind of anti-fun decks. Is is basically my thing. Okay, all right. So I'm going to move us on to kind of the last topic, which needs to be discussed is something that people have talked about as a possibility. Something they've talked about. Something that wizards might do if they took the format. And that's a ban on fetches. And and for me, when people talk about banning fetches, it's really just, they're expensive. It would drive the cost of a lot of decks in the format up. 
I don't think that personally it's something that would help the diversity or a- any of the other reasons that we've listed for why you would ban a card. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm never going to ban something because it costs too much. And I think especially if you've played the format and you you know and understand the format, I think you, you yeah. kind of understand that um, removing fetches only buffs the kind of linear linear decks that everybody complains about having to play against, right? <laughs> A darker red. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, basically. Atarka Red, White Weenie. Like, it would make White Weenie such an incredibly powerful deck. <laughs> like, okay, uh, well, I'll just cut my Reflector Mages and run, you know, 19 planes. We're good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, all the kind of mid rangey or control decks, they rely on their fetch lands, firstly, to set up their mana base, because they are a little slower, so they have to have that fixing available. Uh, and secondly, for Fatal Push, right? Um, if you don't have kind of easy access to that uh, fetch Fatal Push, you're in a lot of trouble when you're facing down like an Abzan aggro list and they're just slamming. Right. And they're slamming siege rhinos and anaphensas. Yeah, exactly. And they would just be running the enemy fast lands or something like that. I think that would hurt specific colors. It would make some of the fun three color decks just not as possible. And I don't think that helps anyone. Uh, I'd say, I think we'd see a huge cut in deck diversity to mm-hmm. get rid of the fetch lands. And also to make the argument that fetches are too expensive when the Scarab God is running as high as oh, it is God. right now <laughs> is just kind of silly to me. Like, it, it's just so absurd. And Liliana of the Veil is huge, too. Or like, Last Hope. We were taking a look. Oh, yeah. Liliana of the Last Hope. It, it That card specifically sets Jund Delirium as a deck that costs two to $300 more than any other deck in Frontier. <laughs> And it's it's just it's kind of silly, like so. It's like I don't think I don't I don't see it. The the cons of Tarkir fetches are pretty affordable. I recently bought like play sets of each, and it didn't break the bank. And even if you're looking at it from like a Wizards of the Coast perspective, right? So so we kind of know everyone's kind of familiar with they don't want fetches in their next format, but a lot of that has to actually do with um, basically being able to show the game on camera right to turn it into an esport uh, because if you're spending all this time fetching it's not and shuffling specifically yeah, and shuffling specifically it's not it's not fun to watch right uh, whereas we're kind of getting into a world where you know twitch tv is a thing and you're basically trying to monetize the watching of your game at this point um but i think outside of that very kind of specific almost uh, political reason it makes a lot more sense for wizards to turn around and just print more fetches and sell more product and just make more money that way than it does to ban the fetches. Yeah, right? I would agree. And you know, if they go for MTG Arena as their next big thing, if they focus on that as their esport, I think that fetches are just fine. You, you know, you can shuffle on a computer instantaneously. Yep. All right. So that's kind of what we went through. So I, Sky, after talking, Kevin, after talking about it, would you change your mind? Do you think that any of these right now, if you had control of the format, are bannable? Or that you think Wizards would day one ban? I think after talking about it a little bit, I could be convinced that... I think Matt made a really good case on Felidar Guardian and Marvel. I don't, I don't think that they're very fun game, fun cards for the metagame. And I think that they're very easy archetypes to break. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm Wizards day one, I think the very best version of this format. So I'm not saying, like, um, any other version is bad, but I think the very best version of this format, the bands are Dig, Treasure Cruise, Emrakul, Marvel, and Felidar Guardian. I think I'm still on... And that's fine. I love the format right now. I've tested a lot of decks. I'm still on... I think No Bands right now is perfect. And don't be wrong, I do think that it's a good format right now, mm-hmm. right? I don't think... I, I'm not saying the format's broken or unhealthy or that we need these bands. But, but I do think we could improve overall format health a little bit. Okay. All right, so that's kind of wrapping it up. Can you guys think of any other cards I didn't mention that you think are bannable? Hmm kind of a yeah. wide open question there but uh i think that torrential gear hulk is more powerful in our format than it is in hmm. standard okay that's something to consider i think that's a function of dig though i think that's probably fair <laughs> all right so i'm gonna wrap us up the current events is what we normally go to over at the end here big thing i want to announce is that our website has officially launched mtgfrontier.net you guys go out there, type it in right now, mtgfrontier.net. You can see some metagame news. We've got a couple articles starting to go up there. There's been a lot of work by a lot of great people behind the scenes here putting this together for us. So uh, I want to thank them. I want to thank everyone that's worked on it, that's submitted content for it. Really excited to have this really launching there. And that's where all of our past episodes and eventually our ongoing episodes are going to be put, posted. So it's a great place to go and check us out, to hear more about us, to get all of our links to anything else you need. Uh, one more time, that's mtgfrontier.net. Uh, other than that, I know that um, there was an MTGO league that was launching for Frontier. Uh, a lot of people we know are going to be getting in on that. We're going to try and have some content following that as it goes along. We also had the uh, the Trice League go for their top eight just now. And uh, if you guys have taken a look, it's really a great snapshot of what the format looks like. So we might have to touch on that in a future episode because it's really, you know, it's all the decks in the format, all of the real archetypes you can play. Really cool there. And a Tarka Red list made it? Um, I believe a Ramanup Red list made it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Slight miss there, but, uh, you know, we had a Tarka, uh, we, or we had Ramanup Red, we had Abzan, we had Bant Company, we had Control in a couple flavors, there was some Combo, there was White Weenies, you know, a, a lot of the, the format. Nice. Um, so other than that, you know, we've got our normal contact information. You can reach us on Twitter, but please go to mtgfrontier.net. You can find it all there, and that's the best way to see it all. Anything else for tonight, guys? I'm just really grateful for everyone who is listening, and if you want to talk to me about anything related to Frontier, talk, talk to us about show ideas or anything like that, you can reach me at, at SkyBurial on Twitter. Uh, and for all you nerds out there who want to rage at me for saying I'd ban cards in Frontier, you can reach me at SciTurkey1 on Twitter. All right, and we'll make sure your guys' Twitters are on our page as well, in case they're not. But for everyone out there, uh, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your final Frontier is signing off. Mm-hmm.